welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church. We are so thankful that you're here with us. If you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, our website, listening to the podcast, if you're live with us now or listening later, we're so thankful uh, to have you with us. And we want you to know that here at Soul Revival Church, you don't have to believe to belong. All are welcome. We know that we all fall short and that nobody's perfect and that you can come as you are. You can come chilling in your sweatpants, so whether it's on your couch, when we get to meet in person. I know we just got some fresh news uh, this week that we're going to be staying in a little bit longer, but that's okay because we're together and God's going to get us through it and he's tough and he's strong and uh, where there's a will and trust and faith and hope uh, in Jesus, he's going to get us through anything. We're so glad that you're here at Soul Revival Church. Uh, This morning, we are going to be in Matthew, Matthew 7. If you brought your Bible, awesome. If you didn't, that's cool because you're in your house and you can grab it. If you don't have one, that's all right, too, because there's a Bible app that I love, the YouVersion Bible app, where you can look anything up. Don't look at the New King James Version. It'll feel like you're reading a different language. Look up the NIV or the MSG is the message. I love that version as well. Uh, But we want to let you know that at Soul Revival Church, we know that this is God-breathed and Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. This is not a rule book. This is not a way for you to be able to earn your way into the kingdom or into God's good graces, but it's a love story about a God that so desperately loves you that this is about him in a broken world fighting to get you back. Oh, we're so thankful to have you with us this morning. And uh, we're actually in week two of a series called Straight Out of Context. Uh, Hip-hop inspired, but uh, love that we get to dive into the Bible in a different way because there's a lot of misconceptions that we can have, whether it's things that we were told growing up or just feelings or thoughts that we have ourselves over time. And we wanna lay it to bed. We wanna look at it together and understand what is God really saying through it all? And we're in week two. We kicked it off with our Easter service last week about people getting what they deserve. And uh, spoiler alert, we don't because Jesus paid it all for us. And we're gonna be kind of picking up where we left off this week. So in Matthew 7, if you got there, uh, we are starting Matthew 7, number one, right at the beginning of it. Judging others, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And the title of this message, can you tell a friend? Can you high five a friend? I forgot to tell you to high five a friend or give them, I don't know, a shout out. Say what's up in the comments section. Shout out your name. Say where you're listening from. Uh, We know that you're from all over the place. And shout the title of the message out to everybody. Only God can judge me. That's right. Only God can judge me. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are here, that you are for us and never against us, that you have a plan and a purpose through this all. Lord, I pray that you would help me get out of the way this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me because you've got a message for someone this morning. There are some chains that are supposed to be broken. There are some addictions. There's some uh, pain and strife that's there that you want to alleviate. You want to pull away and you want to replace it with your love, with your mercy and your grace. Lord, we pray all of these things for miraculous revival in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Man, I'm pumped. I've been excited for a long time about this series. Actually, Melissa and I both have been. By the way, my name is TJ, lead pastor here. My wife and I have been pastoring since September. So we've only launched about seven months ago, and now we've gone online. This is awesome, right? We're making moves. Uh, but before we even launched, we knew about this sermon series straight out of context. And it's been one of those things that we've been excited about. And we were looking forward to doing it in person. And then when we've been put kind of on lockdown, wondering what do we do? And it's like, you know what? We felt God calling us to continue on with this message series because it's going to bless some of you. It's going to help some of you. It's going to be exactly what you need to hear in this moment. And some of you are like, man, I don't know. When preachers are speaking sometimes, and some of you, you're going to encounter this today, that how are they in my head? And I just want to let you know, nobody's in your head, but the Holy Spirit wants to be in your heart. And he knows the things you're facing and what you're going through. And that's why we pray that God would speak through us, because we know that he's working in ways that we could never have an idea of, because we're just imperfect people serving a perfect God, trying to allow him to speak through us and do what he's got to do. Only God can judge me. One of the most memorable verses in the Bible, right? <laughs> I laugh because it's not even in the Bible. Not at all. It is a phrase, though, so commonly thought of. People search online. People utilize this phrase all the time. And it was coined by the greatest rapper of all time, Tupac, with a song, Only God Can Judge Me. Some of you are sitting there and, and you lost track the moment I said Tupac was the greatest rapper of all time because you're either pumped that I said that or you're thinking of a bunch of other rappers that you think are better. But man, was he a poet and a storyteller. Uh, I know that for me, he was an inspiration in my life in a lot of ways, because when I was at my most difficult moments in my life, music is what I turned to. And a lot of us turn to music when times get difficult and things get tough. And there's different things that we encounter that then influence our lives. They influence the way that we live, that we interact. And Tupac was one of those people, because for me, when I was going through dark times, Tupac's music met me there met me there and it influenced me there. I'll never forget the lyrics of the song. It was actually after he was dead and the lyrics came out uh, of this song, but it just hit my heart in such a tremendous way where he said, I once contemplated suicide and would have tried, but when I held that nine, all I could see was my mama's eyes. No one knows my struggle. They only see the trouble. I know when it's hard to carry on when no one loves you. Picture me inside the misery of poverty. No man alive has ever witnessed struggles I survived. I didn't plan to get emotional this early, but I just did because it brought me back to feeling all of those things. And when you have influences in your life, like for me, hip hop was my way out, my way to cope with difficult scenarios. And he influenced me because I wrote lyrics one time that said, I'm living in this misery, not the state, but the state that I'm at mentally. So much hate that I need to escape everything, but the plate that I'm carrying needs to fill every last face in my family. And it's crazy because I wrote that when I was in high school. This burden I was carrying as if I needed to lift my family up. Because I didn't know God and I didn't know what he wanted to do in and through my life. But I felt like the sorrow I was experiencing was justified because Tupac talked about it too. And I feel like some of us, we allow the influences around us to inspire us. We allow the influences around us to inspire us. And that's what it was for me. That's what music did for me. That's what hip hop did for me. But it took me down the wrong path, making a lot of stupid decisions, getting into a lot of trouble, drugs, alcohol, thinking that was what life was all about. 
because of the influence I allowed hip hop music to place in my life. See, but then something happened. Something happened when I was 22 years old. I had an encounter. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ and he transformed my heart because he just wasn't an influencer in my life. He gave me an invitation. He gave me an invitation into a relationship, into an investment within my life where he says, look it, pick up this book and I want to speak to you. Pray, talk to me, have a conversation with me. Nothing crazy, weird and strange. You just talk to God. But if you sit there calmly, you can hear and encounter his love and his grace and his mercy. And that became my inspiration. Jesus Christ became my inspiration because he invested into my life. He gave me an invitation to say, you know what? I got you. I'm there for you. I'm with you. But that's one of the greatest misconceptions, because when I think about only God can judge me, and when we talk about the topic of straight out of context, when we read the Bible context, context or contextualization is just a fancy word to say, who is the author of this particular book of the Bible? Who were his influences? Who was he speaking to? What was happening at that day and time? Now, only God can judge me is something that we look at and fall back on in a lot of ways within our lives. And we can't even fully contextualize that because it's not in the Bible. But the verse that we read, that is something that's in the Bible. That's something we can jump into. That's something we can fully understand about what Jesus says about judgment. See, because when we use the phrase, only God can judge me, I was there with you. I would use it for two purposes. The first purpose was to just say, you know what? I got carte blanche to do, say whatever I want to do. And I don't care what anybody thinks because I'm just going to do it. Because only God can judge me, right? If you read the lyrics of Tupac's song, and he's talking about only God can judge me, each verse is just him judging a bunch of people. <laughs> See, when we look at judgment in that way, it creates hypocrisy within our lives. We start to be the judgmental ones. Or the other way we look at it is, instead of only God can judge me, we look at it as God only judges me. God only judges me. To think of some some white old dude up in the sky with a big beard who's got this gavel who's sitting there and saying guilty 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 i've been judged see but here's where the context comes into play because judge means to make a decision judgment is about a decision so the phrase the phrase is accurate the phrase is correct because god is the only one that can judge you See, but the judgment that he offered was sending his son, Jesus, as an atonement for your sins, for my sins, for the mistakes that we've made to say, I'm going to send my son so that he will die because the judgment that you deserve, guilty, I'm sending my son, an innocent person, to serve that for you so that you can be deemed innocent, that that you can have the gift of grace and mercy, that you can have an everlasting relationship with Jesus and call you into the kingdom of heaven. Man. When you think of judgment in that way, it changes your perspective because, yes, God has judged you, but he judged you with the decision to send his son to replace you for the sentence that you deserved. That is grace. That is love. And that is mercy. And there are two kinds of people. There are people that know Jesus and there are people that don't. And unfortunately, a lot of people who don't know Jesus I've not had the best experiences with those that say they do. Because you look at it as, man, that judgmental Christian. But I want to tell you that the Bible is very specific in how it talks about that. When I say people that don't know Jesus, I'm not saying like, yeah, you've heard of him. I'm saying you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. 
It's not someone that you claim to be your savior, the one that died for you. But I tell you what, this morning is for you because you need to know that he died for you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he'll meet you in the pain. He'll meet you in the isolation right now where you're at, sitting on your couch, laying in your bed, dark in your room because you don't even want to get out of bed saying today just looks like yesterday. Forget it. I don't even care. But he loves you and he want to meet. He wants to meet you right there. And the Apostle Paul, Paul, his original name was Saul. He had both names, but dude was a savage, killing Christians and had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything. But here's something that Paul says. What he writes in 1 Corinthians 5, 12 to 13, it's going to be on the screen for you too. You can look it up afterwards, but it says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. See, that's the thing about true Christianity when you're following Jesus. When you want to follow Jesus, say, I love Jesus, I want to be like Jesus. And this is what Paul's trying to teach us right now. There's no condemnation in Christ, but those who do not have a relationship with Jesus, we cannot expect to love the way that Jesus does. My kids, they see the way that I love them. If I wasn't in their life, they wouldn't be able to see that, so they wouldn't be able to replicate that. See, but then there's false judgment that gets placed, and it's not cool. It's not okay because Jesus, Jesus comes with grace and truth. Grace and truth, but there's an order to it. There's a purpose to it. There's a way that he works through it because it's very, very important and it's very critical. Because I want to tell you that condemnation is not being caring. It's not. And no man is in a position to place condemnation on anybody. That's not us. We are not to judge. That is that is truth right there. See, but Jesus, in the way that he speaks to people, in John 1, 14, says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's talking about Jesus when he first arrived. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. First grace, then truth. And there is no condemnation in Christ. Now, some of you may have heard the phrase before. He who is without sin casts the first stone. But when you know the story behind it, it's going to set someone free today. It's going to set someone free today. When you know the story behind that, now the religious type, the religious type, Jesus wasn't hanging with the religious type. He was hanging with the broken type. He was hanging out with the sinners, with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, whoever that this world would deem not good, that's who he's hanging with. That's who he was loving on. That's who he was caring for. But the religious type were actually trying to get him. They're trying to set him up, trying to find ways to take him down. And one night, they send a prostitute in with a man. They go in, they snatch her up. The guy, no consequence. That's outside the point. They snatch her up and they bring her in front of Jesus and all these Pharisees and Sadducees, all these religious people, they're all standing around, huddled up, looking at Jesus, looking at Jesus and saying, what should we do? What should we do? Because Jewish law would have had them stone her for it. And as he looks at the crowd and he looks down at the woman and he looks at the crowd and he looks down at the woman, he looks back and he says, he who is out without sin, cast the first stone. One by one, they all leave. 
one by one, they all retreat. Until it's just Jesus and this woman. Now he is without sin and he did not touch a stone. He kneels down beside her and, and some people would read these verses to say, go and sin no more, because that's what he says to her. See, but Jesus, he knows, he knows the decisions you're making and how it's hurting your heart, the brokenness that it's creating within your marriage, within your relationship with your kids or your parents. He knows it, but he's not coming to reprimand you. He's coming to rescue you. He's coming to help you through it. Because he first comes with grace. He comes with grace and he saves her. He saves her life because she was about to be stoned to death. And here he is, the Savior, who crouches down in the sand next to her. And he looks at her and he says, Go and sin no more. It's breaking my heart what this is doing to you. And I don't want you to continue doing this. I want you to make better choices. Go and sin no more. So when you think about only God can judge you, that's the judgment right there. That's the decision that he has made. That's him stepping in to your place and saying, you are forgiven. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's the mercy that he gives to us. And now we're called to extend that same mercy to other people. That's what we're called to do. And as as we started off here in Matthew 7, here's what it continues on in verses 3 to 5. It says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. First, take it out of your own eye, then your brother's eye. See, this is Jesus speaking to people that do believe, that do have relationship and trust and hope in Jesus. See, but it's not judgment amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. And and that's the difficulty that we face at times because uh, those who say they follow Jesus can oftentimes be some of the most judgmental of one another. Jesus is helping us in this moment to learn about it, to say, you know what? We lead with grace, but first we got to look at ourselves. We have to examine our own hearts. Now, he's not saying that there's a literal log in our own eyes, but the things in our lives and, and the things in our own hearts that we know that there's some, some issues in are often the things we see magnified in other people. We live in a broken world and nobody's perfect. So uh, we have a tendency at times to look at someone else and be like, yep, they did this wrong. They did that wrong. Oh, they're out with who? With so-and-so? They're doing what? But Jesus here is saying, no, look, it's a heart issue. This is a heart issue. And I need you to work on your own heart because I got some things that I want to work out within you. See, because the closer you get to Jesus, the more you pursue him through his word, through song, through prayer, The closer you get to him, the more you look like him. You are who you hang with. I always say that because it's so true. Show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future. See, but you become who you hang out with. So the more you hang out with Jesus, the more you're going to start to hang out with other people that love Jesus. But then in the midst of it, he starts to change your heart. And as he transforms your heart, 
it's telling you like you do go to your brothers and sisters in Christ, but first you get yourself right. When you get yourself right, you get rid of all self-righteousness because you start to realize you didn't actually get yourself right. Jesus did it for you. He's working in and through you. And you understand the fact that you're broken and we all have flaws and nobody's ever perfect. So as he starts to work within our hearts, that's when you can look at your friend and you can be like, you know what? I see you rubbing your eye. I can tell. And, and you're showing me your eye because you're looking in the mirror trying to feel like you feel like something's in your eye. What is it? And now, because I've had that same experience, I could say, you know what? I know what it feels like to be addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to being broken and hurting, to have depression, isolation, suicidal thoughts. I know those feelings. So when I see them in you, I'm not coming in judgment. I'm coming in love because I want to help you because I know what that what that sawdust feels like in the eye because it was actually much much worse in mine and I'm just as broken as you are now but Jesus Jesus saved me from it and he wants to save you from it too he wants to meet you right there and he wants to use me to do it so I'm not coming in judgment I'm coming in mercy and in grace I'm not talking to anybody else about it at Soul Revival Church we go to the decision maker. We talk to people. If we got problems with it or tensions with it or somebody that we see is stumbling and falling, we don't go talk to anybody else than those that can make a decision to help improve it. So I'm going to go in love to my brother or sister in Christ and be like, hey, I see, I see what's happening here, but I love you. And I've been there too. And I want to help you through it. That's what Jesus is speaking to because there's no condemnation in Christ, whether you're a believer that's been following Jesus for years and years or you just made that decision today. When you step into relationship with Jesus, there's no condemnation in it. So now we want to help each other. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. God's saying, I want to use you to refine each other. Which is why those tense conversations can be good things, but you have to have the proper motive. Are you coming in love or judgment? Because mercy triumphs over judgment. And Jesus is saying, man, I, I want to grow you and I want to help you grow other people. So as you think about only God can judge me, that is true. And there is a judgment that will come as all of our lives will end at some point. Life is but a vapor, just like that. It goes and comes so quickly, but we never want to lose out on an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus. The fact that he wants to change and transform our lives, that he wants to give us a hope for the future, that he is with you and he'll never forsake you. And as we're all learning and growing as we go, we ask that you have grace. Have grace for those that do follow Jesus, but that are trying to figure out what it looks like to have their hearts transformed. But that we get to do it together. That God has a plan and a purpose through it all. So right now you're sitting, you're sitting in your living room. Maybe you're driving, listening on your way to work right now. But God wants you to know that he loves you and that he cares for you, that he's with you that he'll never leave you or forsake you, and that the judgment, only God can judge me, that is a true statement. But I want us to stop thinking of it as condemnation because there's no condemnation in Christ. But there is correction. There's a correction that comes, but out of love, out of grace and out of mercy, and not for God's benefit, but for ours, for our hearts, for our sake. And today Jesus is saying, you know what? I want to help you set free some of those things. I want to lift that burden from your shoulders, that pain that you're walking around with that you continue to carry. Because Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus has a plan for you. 
And there's some of you today that are like, you know what? I've never made a decision in my life to step into a relationship with Jesus. What does that even look like? Because I want something better. I want something more. And right now I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. There's no process that you have to follow. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's it. It's identifying the fact that you believe that Jesus came and died for you but that he rose again and now he's seated on the throne in heaven. And that now we get the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us through our days. You make that decision today and say yes, your life will be forever changed. Doesn't mean your life gets easier. We're not sugarcoating anything, we're not trying to lie about it, but I can tell you what, there'll be a family of followers of Jesus here at Soul Revival that wanna come alongside you, that wanna help you through it and what that looks like. So right now, it. There's something that makes things feel that much more real when we express it out loud, when we actually speak it out. So I'm just gonna count to three here. And when I get to three, if that's you today, just say, that's me, that's me. You might have some headphones on right now. You're looking around you're in a crowded space, but that's okay, this is a moment between you and God. Between you and God and he's working on your heart, he's working something right now and you're like, you know what, I want a relationship with Jesus. Well, today, today's going to be that day. Right now is going to be that time. One, Jesus loves you. Two, you will never be alone. And three, if that's you, say, that's me. Say, that's me. If you're bold enough, put it in the comment section and say, that's me. And we got a link that's there too right now that you can click on and you can say, yes, I have decided. Because we want to come alongside you in this. We want you to tell somebody. And if you don't tell us, tell a friend. Tell a family member, tell someone, because this is the greatest decision that you'll ever make and you want to share it with somebody. And we look forward to coming alongside you in it all. And to remind yourself that, yes, from now on going forward, when you think about only God can judge me, think of it from the place of not a penalty, but protection, but salvation, but a gift that you've been given of mercy and of grace. Like, yes, God can judge me, but he gave me the gift of grace. And I'm stepping into a relationship with Jesus today that's going to change everything. It's going to change your eternity. We're so thankful that you came here with us today. And we would love to take a moment to pray with you. Pray with those that just made that decision. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are here, that you are with us. We thank you for the lives that were just changed, the lives that were forever impacted, and those who just said yes. God, I pray that you would be with them, that you would give them strength and courage and boldness to share it with somebody that they would come back and continue to hang out with us, God, and learn more about what it means to be in a relationship with you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.